I'm actually kind of talking about what I talked about last week, again, but different. So you'll have to bear with me. So some of you may be like, oh my days, I heard that last week. Some of you may be like, oh wow, I heard that last week, but in a totally different way. That's really, really cool. I really appreciate that. And some of you might be like, this sucks. Uh, <laughs> tough. We're doing it. It's not one of those things where it's, I'm not doing that old school thing where I'd hear in so many churches where they'd always, everyone's probably, if you've been to church, like a couple of times you will have heard of some guy at the front saying something like, there was this amazing preacher, this man of God, and basically he preached a sermon and the congregation didn't get it yet. So he preached it for the next three months until they actually did it. That's not what this is. This is just, I felt this was what was meant to happen this Sunday. I had something totally different planned. Um, but I wanted to continue flowing in what we were flowing in last week. So last week we looked at Joshua chapter 1, and we were talking about what God said to Joshua as he's overlooking the promised land. And God told him to be strong, be courageous, be not afraid, be not dismayed. He said, because I am with you. And he told him at one stage to be very strong, to be very courageous, because he would cause the people to receive their inheritance. So today we're kind of flowing on in that. So... Today, what we're looking at is, is really Joshua chapter 2, but there are some things we're going to look at. So we're going to be looking backwards to look forwards, because when God said what he said to Joshua last week, we looked at some things and we applied it to us, and that's totally awesome, and totally true. But actually, there's some stuff about Joshua we need to know to really appreciate why what God said was so important and so crucial to him. So we're going to be looking backwards in Joshua's life to look forwards to what God is doing because actually sometimes when God is speaking to you sometimes you feel like it's about here and now and it's about this but actually sometimes what he's saying is to liberate us to heal us from what's before that we can propel forwards without this anchor strapped to our back anymore weighing us down and that's exactly the case with Joshua in this passage so Joshua chapter 2 starts off by Joshua sending two spies secretly to spy out the land and specifically to Jericho two spies and secretly and when I looked at that, I was a bit baffed, I'm not going to lie. I'd, every now and then, sometimes when I'm reading my, the Bible, like the, the cool thing about it is I can read the same story every single time and always hear something different. Uh, and the reason for that is because the person that comes to the text each time is a different person. So like the last time I read this passage, I'd have read this passage, I'd been going through whatever and I'd be this person, but then I'll come with a totally different way because time is moving forwards I'm developing I'm changing all the time and as I come to the text the text is speaking to me in new ways there's just so many layers to it so much power behind it and obviously also it's God's spirit kind of speaking now he sends two and I was lingering on this whole two thing like why does he send two like in the bible there's loads of numbers numbers mean different things and two I was like what the heck is this on about and I couldn't really find anything that that really spoke to me about why it was a two but then I was reminded you see in numbers chapter 13 Moses is pretty much where Joshua is right about now. Pretty much the exact same scenario. And Moses sends 12 spies to go check out the land. He sends 12. And what happens when Moses sends out these 12 is this this is a really important gig because basically they are at the border of the promised land. They've come out of slavery. God has set them free. They've been traveling a long time. He's liberated them. He's given them a new identity, the law of God a.k.a. the DNA for Israel, who they would be as a collective together and as individuals and how they were to live their lives. And they're here about to inherit that. And as they stand at this border, 12 spies, one chief from each of the 12 tribes goes and they go there, they see it all, it's amazing. And when they come back, 10 of them, 10 waste men, say some dumb stuff, dumb, dumb stuff, 
And if you look at the things they say, they talk about, we were like grasshoppers in their eyes. Well, how do you know? You never looked out of their eyes. We were like grasshoppers. They were so big. They were so dense. They were so this. They were so that. It's true. And, and they were like, the land is fine milk and honey. But the land itself is harsh and would even devour us. We wouldn't survive here. And they spread all this stuff. And then Joshua and Caleb are the two spies out of the 12 who say, nah, man, this place is amazing. And we will take it because God is backing us. God is with us. I'm telling you, this is ours. Don't listen to what these 10 are saying. Listen to Moses. Listen to God. That's what Joshua says. Listen to Moses. Listen to God. But the people, it's in a public meeting and everyone is there. And the people here, the 10 guys, they ignore the two guys and they totally freak out. This is democracy. This is what happens in a democracy. Like, I'm not saying I'm, I'm anti-democracy. Like, this whole sermon isn't about democracy. This sermon is about you, and this is about me, and this is about us as a collective, but also about us as individuals. And that there are times in your life where you have to learn from this mistake. Because what God said to Joshua last week that we looked at was, be strong, be courageous, be not afraid, be not dismayed, I am with you. Those 10 guys stood up and they were shook. They weren't strong. They weren't courageous. They were afraid. They were dismayed. And they didn't believe God was with them. And because of those choices and because of that attitude, what happened was the children of Israel went around in the wilderness for 40 years. I'm not even 40 years old. I haven't been on this earth 40 years. Their lack of strength, their lack of courage, their, la- their, 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 their fear overrunning their lives and making their decisions and being dismayed and not believing God was with them would now cause an entire people to not inherit God's promise. And the living truth of this is that Joshua, 40 years later, is standing and as he's overlooking this promised land, the thing that God is saying to him is he is speaking directly into Joshua's biggest hurt and Joshua's biggest discouragement and Joshua's biggest pain. And he's standing there overlooking this promise that he was ready to inherit 40 years ago. He was ready. He was on it. He said the right thing. He was making the right moves. But everyone else, their unbelief, their lack of strength, their lack of courage, their fear, all of that and not believing God was with them. It cost him some of the best years of his life. And now he's here and he is about to do things totally, totally differently. What it says in Joshua chapter two is he sent two spies and secretly. When Moses did it, it was a public thing. God has said, you send these 12 guys out and they go out and everyone's kind of waiting and then they come back and they give their report. This time, Joshua wasn't playing about. He's like, God's spoken. God's given us this land. Done with this. He duppies the 10 guys, the 10 tribe, the 10 people that would come back with this report. They're all dead now anyway, because they've been going for around four years in the wilderness. But he doesn't leave room. He does something symbolic. He picks two guys close to him who he knows will come back with what God is saying. Two guys who he knows will come back seeing things the way that God will see things. Not the way he will see things, not the way anyone else will see things, but the way that God will see things. And he sends them out secretly. 
He doesn't allow for an entire nation to cause a stampede to push towards something. And what did that teach me this week? That taught me something really powerful for myself and for you and for me, is that your life is not a democracy. You are gonna live this life right here, right now. And, and sometimes, like, I've heard Christians like, say to me like, when I kind of recommitted to God and was looking to do a lot of stuff in, in church and in life and, and do something with myself, like, they were like, you've got to cut off these friends, you've got to cut off those friends. And like, that's not true. I, that's, that's not true at all. That's absolute nonsense. You don't have to cut off any friends. I didn't, I didn't ditch all my friends that, were, that I was out getting smashed with and drunk with all the time with and having party with. I didn't ditch any of those guys. They're my friends. And they're still my friends to this day. But here's what I did. Like when I was making a key defining decision in my life, it's not a democracy. And I'm not checking what so-and-so thinks if I do not look at them and they don't meet this criteria. They're not strong, they're not courageous, they're not bold, they're not allowing fear to govern their life, they're living a life of faith, and that God is with them. And the ultimate decider for me is, do I believe God is with this person? And so for me, when it comes to like the key decisions in my life, obviously, I'm a married man now, so what Jody says really, really matters. But Jody and I are one, so we really count as one person now. So that's a different ball game. But removing Jody from it because we're one person, so it's kind of like we discuss it between us, but we end up with one opinion and we have to move forward together as a unit. Removing that and taking that out of the frame, at the moment, I think I've got like... I'm, I'm not in the position of Joshua. I want to be in the position of Joshua. I've got like one person in my life right now who I know that if I ask them on any issue in my life, I know what their answer will be will be about spurring me on to receive the inheritance God's had for me. Like I was reading this passage and I, I sent it. Everyone's going to know it's Zach who I talk about all the time, my boy in Texas. Like any time I talk to him about a life issue, he is, his response is always going to be a response that wants me to receive God's inheritance and best for my life. He will say things that are uncomfortable to me. He will challenge me on things. He will tell me I'm wrong. But everything he says won't be for the sake of telling me I'm wrong, won't be for the sake of disagreeing with me. It will be enabling me to achieve and receive God's inheritance. And and one of the things, as I looked at this passage, I started to look at this and I started to realize that actually, you know, sometimes we wander through life and we can feel a bit lost but then we come back to the same opportunity again and we do the same thing again. And we open it up as this discussion. We open it up and get all these opinions. And what I want to encourage every single one of us with, whether it's collectively as a church, but as individuals in our lives, to start getting the wisdom that Joshua shows here. Where like you can have, you don't have to cut no one off from your life if you want to push on and inherit the promises God has for you you don't have to like duppy these guys that are not your friends anymore and stuff like that but what you have to do is you have to be like you know what they don't influence the decisions I make they don't make the choices and they aren't the ones who give me the report like when I'm thinking about a serious relationship with someone man I'm not throwing that out before them like I'm I'm putting this before God and I'm putting this before two people that I'm looking to tell me that what I'm hearing from God is correct and that I'm on that wave I love it. He sends these two spies. And then the second thing that really hit me about this passage and what I loved about um, Joshua 2 this week when I was reading through it is, is that Joshua, when God spoke to him, he said that be very strong, be very courageous, and you will cause a people to receive their inheritance. And when God was saying this to him, he was speaking to a man who lost 40 years of his inheritance. 
because people were not bold and were not strong and they'd robbed him of this. And so as he's standing over looking at the, the, the promises of God, the, this promised land, you can almost not just feel the sense of like awe, which we did last week, of like, wow, this is great. He's about to inherit this. But actually there's a huge sense of loss that in his past, his past pain could cause him to act wrongly but he stays straight down the line and is true to God and I just I just felt for him and it hit me big because the biggest challenge I felt reading this passage to me was there would have been people in my life that God would have had ready for me to be the cause of them to inherit his inheritance but I was not there because I was too busy going I do whatever the hell I want and whatever anyone else thinks I'm just going to do and live my life as I want there's times in my life where I've just lived for me and done my own thing and then I started to realise well how many people along the way have I caused to miss out on their inheritance because I wasn't serious about what what God had for me I wasn't serious about what he wanted to do in my life as an individual and and as a wider part of a collective because one of the things we have to take into account is in the New Testament it talks about work out your salvation with fear and with trembling and everyone looks at that and they go well yeah well that's on me it's not on you because we read it in English but in the original language in the Greek the your is plural it's as a church collective we work it out together and we care for one another and with awe and wonder and the value that each person holds and the value that each person has we're like wow we get to do this with them this person's amazing this person's great and so here what happens is there's all these guys that don't have that and it causes all these people to miss out on the promises of God and it hit me hard and I hope this morning that you reflect upon yourself as I've been reflecting upon myself and realizing and asking the question wow how many people have missed out on what God wants to do in their life because I wasn't on this thing because I wasn't serious and not as a thing to feel guilty about but a thing to feel inspired about that you know what that's not going to be me anymore that's not going to be me and not only that but actually what's happened before in my life is not going to be an anchor on me anymore and I'm not going to continue to make the same decisions anymore and I'm going to cut the 10 off from my decide what helped my deciding factors that make me cause my decisions and I'm going to look for a way that pleases God and in today's society we live in a world of big data and democracy so democracy makes our decisions and big data all the big companies what they do is they look at they mine all the data they look at it all they analyze it and then they adjust their sales pitches and everything they do according to the data which what it does is it creates a safe environment for you to cause small shifts without creating any big risks for loss to sustain your future whereas actually as good as that is and don't get me wrong I look at data and I look at that stuff and I learn from it and it's important but ultimately what makes my decisions is never what the data says my decision is what God says because he will cause me to be strong and to be courageous and to step out in faith and it's just the fact that he's with me that I'm going to get through it and if we live lives where we don't take steps of faith and we're not courageous we don't trust in him we will miss out on on the promises that he has for us and so these two spies go and they go all the way to Jericho and they're there and they're going about the town and then the, the, the people of that place they hear about what's going on and they get really scared and they get really afraid and they start looking for these guys because they know they're coming for this land rumors have gone around and word has spread and they're scared and so they want to get these guys and they want to they want to kill them and so they're going about and they bump into this lady called Rahab who's like a she's a prostitute she, she's she's a hoe and um, what I love about this I love the TV show when I was a kid Saved by the Bell well this story is like Saved by the Hoe that's, that's exactly what happens in, in Joshua chapter 2 
she sees these guys, she saves them, she puts them away, she puts out this story to the guys that come looking for them at her home, and they're like, oh, they were here, but they went that way, you need to chase them, because they've gone all the way back to the Jordan, Da-da-da-da. then she goes to them, hey, I've saved you guys, now you need to like put something my way, because we've heard about you, we've heard about your exit from Egypt, we've heard about the waters parting, we've heard about all that he's doing, and the people here are know that, that, that you're, you guys are going to move in, and this is all going to happen, will you look after me, and they make this promise for this lady, the reason this part stood out for me is because I think so often nowadays Christians have this tendency to have this wall up where we only really do things when it's safe and we only really receive things from when it's safe or people that we deem to be about it. I was having this conversation with my dad yesterday about like um, the, 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 the cake debacle if you know in the Christian world of the business that refused to do a cake for a, for a gay gay couple and whatever and I was saying to my dad like I, I, I don't get it <laughs> I, like why not just bait these like, oh. and, 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 and he was putting forward the, the, the point to me that actually you know for them they were standing on their principles and this is why they were doing this and I, I, I just, I, it just it blows my mind it still blows my mind I still don't get it because I don't understand why you would take ownership of this particular group's sin rather than everyone else that comes and wants a cake done for every other party where they just get smashed and get jiggy with it. Like, you're not taking ownership for their spiritual conditioning and their sin, just this one, I didn't get it. And like, you could have just baked the best cake ever and with the biggest smile and given them the best customer service ever as like a, a statement rather than, I, I don't get it. I don't, don't get it. And we sometimes want to see things come from certain positions and certain views that are safe in the, in the Christian conservative kind of world. But if you do that, then Joshua 2 doesn't happen. Because two spies go and go, oh no, you're a prostitute. We'll stay out here on the street and get slaughtered by these guards because we're going to do the right thing. We're going to stand for what we believe in. And then what happens then when the spies don't go back and come back with a word that says we can take this place, God's going to do it and it's going to be amazing. And then she ends up becoming a part of their people and she ends up becoming a part of the lineage of of grace. She ends up becoming a part of the the, the salvation story that we have through Jesus Christ. Going all the way down through all of this stuff, she becomes a partaker in all the great promise an inheritance that you and I receive. But, whoa, chill, sorry, wrong house. Let me see if the guys next door will have us in. You know what I mean? And so what I love about this account is on the one hand, what he first connects with, seeing back, learning from the mistakes of the past, pushing on to receive what God has for him. And actually they allow God to save them by the way that he chooses to save them in that moment. Many of us would have died in that street doing some stupid, foolish, conservative um, ideology or opinions that would have just got us killed in that scenario. But God used it, and it's amazing. Now, the third thing that I love about this particular passage is we're going to read straight from the last part of Joshua chapter 2 and then the beginning of chapter 3, and then we are done for today. Um, Private, then public. So in chapter 2, verse 22 to 24, They departed and went into the hills and remained there three days until the pursuers returned. And the pursuers searched all along the way and found nothing. Then the two men returned. They came down from the hills and passed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun. And they told him all that had happened to them. And they said to Joshua, Truly the Lord has given all the land into our hands. And also the inhabitants of the land melt away because of us. This is totally different from what happened with Moses in Numbers chapter 3. In Numbers, what happened is the spies came back and the entire nation was standing around listening to what was going down and freaking out. Joshua was like, hell no. I'm not losing. I'm, I haven't got 40 years of my life left to lose on these bozos. So what does he do? He meets privately with the two of them. Here's the report 
from them directly. And then we see the outcome. Truly the Lord has given the land into our hands. The inhabitants of the land will melt away because of us. Because they've heard from Rahab about how the people feel about them. And then the beginning of Joshua 3. Then Joshua rose early in the morning. They set out from Shittim. (laughs) And they came uh, to the Jordan. Love the Bible. Even more. He and the people of Israel. And lodged there before they passed over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God, being carried by the Levitical priests, you shall set out from your place and follow it. So they've met in private. And now what happens is Joshua tells them a command. You're going out. We're moving. He's not hearing any of this fear-mongering. He's not hearing any of this. He doesn't want fear spreading. He wants faith spreading. So when it comes to faith spreading, what's he doing? He's going, God's going to go ahead of us. The the fear and what he said was, and what God spoke to the situation was God spoke, be strong, be courageous. Joshua's done that. He says, be not afraid, be not dismayed for I am with you. So he puts God right at the front and goes, God is with us. Dig that. There's the Levites. They're carrying God and he's going ahead of us and we're following ahead and we're following God. It's about him. It's not about Uh, Joshua, it's about God. It's about what God is wanting. It's about what God is speaking. And so today, what God, I believe, is saying to you and to me is to have the wisdom to listen to people that God has placed in our life for a reason. And that I do not believe in any way, shape or form that God is saying, lock people off from your life. But be very careful what people help you make decisions in your life. Least you end up like Joshua, robbed of 40 years in the wilderness. Be people that choose wisely who you listen to. I'm not saying this as a control person. I don't want people coming to me. I'm not looking to be the voice of wisdom for anybody here. I want to underline that. I'm not looking for power. I'm not looking to tell you how to live your life. I'm looking for all of us to be wise. And to know and to highlight, ah, that person is in my life for a reason. And that person is in my life for a reason too. They're fun, they're awesome, and I love them. But they ain't giving me wisdom on how I live and the big decisions I make because I'll miss out on everything God has for me. And the biggest reason why none of us here today can afford to miss out on what God has for us is because the cause is bigger than just you missing out. A whole nation missed out because of bozos, because of waste men being able to have their voices heard in the decision-making process of God's people. And you and I, when we don't step into what God has for us, it causes people that you and I don't know from being placed in our lives and receiving what God has for them. And that is a huge big deal. It's not just about, we live this life like, it's just me, who cares? It's not just you. It really, really matters. I'm going to pray for us today and that's going to be um, it. Father, I thank you for Joshua's story. I thank you, Lord, that we can learn without having to have 40 years in the wilderness. Father, I can think of wilderness years and times in my life where I did not give you that place. And actually, it pains me now when I look back. And it pains me not because of necessarily what I've lost, but because of what so many around me have lost because I didn't step up to the plate, because I didn't do and wasn't who you called me to be. I pray, Father God, that you would speak to us at this time, Father, and you would help us to lock off those voices, those influences that are making huge decisions in our lives that aren't just causing us to miss out, but causing so many more to miss out, Lord. Um, I pray you be with us 
And I thank you, Father, that this week we're going to learn what it is to be bold, to be strong, courageous, to not make decisions based on fear or being downbeat and making a quick decision, but we're going to make a decision because you are with us and you are there and you are leading us. And that we are going to start to receive the promises you have for us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So that's it today. Next Sunday, we're going to be kicking off a new series. It'll have gone up on our social media. We're doing Game of Thrones. So we're going to be looking at kings in the Bible. Because if you thought Game of Thrones was messed up, you haven't read the Bible. Because uh, it's, it's, it's cray. It's cray. So we're going to be doing a series looking at the kings of the Bible and learning a ton of stuff from that. It's going to be really, really cool. It's going to be really, really fun. And um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Um, just to say, today... Uh, if you want to chill out, we're going to be going to the common and just chillaxing on the common. If you brought a picnic, um, sweet. If not, you're going to be like me, utilizing Five Guys. Hello, I've never, I haven't been to the Five Guys there yet. I love Five Guys. And then we'll go to the common. We've got some games of us um, that Jody and I have brought. If you brought any games, cool. Um, if you're up for some blind football, we've got the. <laughs> And the ball with jingles, it's really heavy. It's, it's, I've never played it before. Like We could li- literally die or kill a random stranger. Um, so it's going to be loads and loads of fun. So, yeah, that's it. And um, peace. Cool.